Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. I'm Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. We are here to bring you the week February 12th to February 18th, 1995. All right, February 12th. Cop Shop, a one-stop source for officers. So there's this store that was founded by a former police officer and it marketed everything from nightsticks to 90s, including a shirt that reads, I slept with the greatest cop alive huh do you think like they had multiple ones of these in stock or or what probably that's someone, a conflict of interest someone in here is quoted as saying this is the kmart of police supply stores that's nuts that which is, is also a very dated reference given the current state of kmart fall from grace yeah oh that like we went to a kmart last year didn't we it was sad it was february 13th student contracts tuberculosis <laughs> new is, jersey daily briefing a 14 year old freshman at wall township high school has contracted tuberculosis yes this is 1995 that's all i have to say about that february 14th the bestseller rules time-tested secrets for making your marriage work by ellen fine and sherry schneider was first released the dating strategy expanded to rules three by 2001 despite divorce plans by ellen fine that doesn't sound like good advice do as i say not as i do february 15th hacker kevin mitnick is arrested by the fbi and charged with penetrating some of the united states most secure computer computer system secures in brackets was that in the original article <laughs> yes all right uh by brackets i mean uh parentheses yeah kevin mitnick he was one hell of a hacker um he did some pretty cool shit i guess i mean illegal dangerous shit he eventually served a couple years in jail and now he's a consultant for fortune 500 companies oh yeah that's how um, you do it yeah you start black hat then you switch teams yeah well, I mean, you prove that you can break into anything and then be like, all right, I can do this. Now we build the locks. Just like uh, Spock in that one Star Trek movie. He built the prison cell. He did he build, build the, the prison brig. cell. In other news from February 15th, the population of the People's Republic of China hit 1.2 billion. That's crazy. And in lighter news, NBC's Today Show did a four-part series on the internet and computers. Al Gore was featured in part one as founder of the internet. As founder of the internet, yeah. uh, the one who created the internet sorry tim berners lee big shout out to al gore thank you now this might be a segue nerd thing to other nerd thing Better. february 16th magic card game has spell of success despite fantasy overtones it stresses thinking and strategy see i just played pokemon which was made by the same company back in the day mm-hmm. back in the 90s which is a podcast that we do we're changing our name to back in the 90s oh shit i forgot the name that's okay moving on to february 17th a federal judge allowed a lawsuit claiming u.s tobacco makers knew nicotine was addictive and manipulated its levels to keep customers hooked it took until 1995 for that to come out yeah i guess so february 18th this kind of sucks this really sucks super sucks trial opens in girl's death by bowling ball a 19 year old defendant is accused of dropping a bowling ball off of a jersey city highway overpass and killing an eight month old girl riding in her parents car this is one of those situations i hope they threw the book at this 19 year old because you're 19 you know not to do this and just in case you don't we're gonna have a little psa don't drop bowling balls off of basically anything that's the psa that's but we're just gonna move on to movies and try to pick things back up a notch all right jumping into the box office number one for the week fan 
favorite, Billy Madison. Great movie. Uh, you know, movie about education and, and learning it. and and penguins and all all that good stuff. Moving down the list, we have The Quick and the Dead. Ooh, number five, Dumb and Dumber. Another peak Jim Carrey movie. That's cool. Uh, Highlander three is at number ten. Pulp, Pulp Fiction nice. at thirteen. Pulp Fiction. That's a good one. Yeah. Street Fighter. Street Fighter, which begs the age old question: What exactly is a Street Fighter? And closing it out, The Shawshank Redemption, which I think is one of Morgan Freeman's best movies. Yeah, so movies this week. Some pretty decent ones, but a lot of stuff just filler. I don't even know half of these. Speaking of filler, moving into the Billboard Top 100, this is actually the worst week of music of all time. Yeah, it is. We're I mean, going to mention like two and a half songs here. Let's this just read like just... one. We'll read one to six just to get them over with. All but... right. One, we've got TLC's Creep, which is okay, um, but definitely not my favorite TLC song. I'll get into that. Two, Take a Bow, Madonna. Nah. Uh, you know my feelings about Madonna in the 90s. Three, On Bended Knees, Boys to Men. Four, Another Night, Real McCoy. Five, Baby by Brandy. That could actually be good. I don't know. I haven't heard it. I would like to yeah. cut all of what just happened. It's the worst. Like, this I mean, music just, like, it's it, not a it good week. Sucks. It is, we've had some pretty good weeks, like. We're rolling down the list. Number 15, You Don't Know How It Feels by Tom Petty. Okay, good song. 17, Big Papa by Notorious B.I.G., which is actually on its way up, which is exciting. But it only peaks out at number six. What are you doing, 90s? 1995, what the heck? And going down, mm, there's, there's just. There's an R.E.M. song. There's some more Brandy more boys um, to men janet jackson there's a song what is on this? here called short dick man 20 fingers featuring gillette i have so many questions about now, this song is it featuring the mach 3 razor is it featuring pen gillette like who who's, is this who's about? Gillette? who's the short dick man yeah okay oh turn the beat around is that is that what i think it is yes yeah there we go everlasting love Okay, so we got okay. some gems hidden in Gloria the Gloria Estefan is... is saving the day. Yeah, thank you, Gloria. Holy shit, everlasting love. All right, you know what? Enough of yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, uh, 1995, February music. Done. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Useless. Um, let's get on to 90s news now. How about that? All right. This is a big moment for us at the podcast. We've never <laughs> had such recognition before. So, uh, as you may know, Full House is coming back. Fuller House. It's coming back and it's going to be even fuller. There's going to be more people in the house. Carly Rae Jepsen's doing the theme song. We're Canadians. We have to appreciate that. Okay. All right. So, this week on Ellen, the first trailer for Fuller House debuted. Lots of cool stuff happening. We get to see where everyone's at in their lives a little bit but at one point this stuck out to both of us stephanie says to kimmy gibbler you're stuck in the 90s stephanie thank you for the shout out do you we think that's a shout out not, to us yes it absolutely is we didn't expect to get on ellen this early in the game but we appreciate it it's 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 nice fuller house 26th of this month i'll be watching it on netflix very exciting so also this week oh the deleted footage from mrs doubtfire it was eight minutes and 17 some odd seconds of deleted footage yeah, i went into scenes, this thinking like it's going to be robin williams joking around this is great it was devastating two super dramatic scenes Oof. One takes place probably roughly in the middle of the movie after his kids find out that he's Mrs. Doubtfire. It's rough to watch. Like These scenes would have changed the movie from lighthearted and a little serious to very serious and also sad. It does change the tone. Like So I kind of agree with it with it being cut, but it's yeah. really cool to see. I guess we won't get into it too much. The other footage takes place near the end of the movie. Just Google it if you want to see it. It is worth the eight minutes of your time. Now I guess it's time for this week on... 
So every week we pick an episode of Seinfeld Friends or The Simpsons that aired this week and we'll tell you about it. We're going to read you the plot. Newsflash, still Seinfeld. It is. Seinfeld is on fire yet again with a great episode. Season 6, episode 17, The Kiss Hello. Kramer tries to create a utopian society when he puts up pictures of all the residents of his and Jerry's building. Whenever Kramer tries to create something that pretty much means it's going to be a good episode so everyone in the apartment when the episode opens like no one really talks to each other no one holds the door and no one cares kramer decides to do something about it he puts up all the pictures everyone's everyone's name everyone's names are on there so everyone can say hello to each other people are chatting people are holding doors jerry does not like hello yeah oh the obviously kissing hello the the little like the italian like two cheek thing jerry's not a fan jerry is anti-social he wants to come and go and that's it yeah so eventually he he just has enough he has a confrontation with someone says no more kiss hellos no more kiss hellos he loses his mind he loses it and people do not take lightly to this they vandalize his picture but it went beyond the apartment too because he went to the laundromat and you know as a, a relatively in the show famous new york comedian he had his picture up at the laundromat and that was taken down like this had far-reaching consequences in his daily life so i guess the takeaway lesson from this is you just gotta take a few seconds to uh kiss kiss hello hello. you just gotta kiss hello that's it i guess so all right that was seinfeld moving on to our 90s spotlight as we mentioned this week number one movie at the box office is billy madison this week's 90s spotlight poses a question adam sandler what happened or did it ever happen also a good question yeah adam sandler you had some amazing movies in the 90s some some of our favorites growing up and probably some of your favorites growing up too we're talking billy madison happy gilmore Waterboy, the wedding singer little nicky yeah those, just, those are the big ones yeah those are the big ones that really defined adam sandler in the 90s and just drove him to superstardom and then we've got the shit that we've got these days like jack and jill grown-ups two grown-ups one some of those other ones that i can't even think States. name uh, yeah 50 first yeah. first dates he's done like three movies with drew barrymore now he's straight upset i'm just cashing a paycheck at this point which i mean you gotta kind of respect that but i mean you can make if someone's giving you like 50 million dollars you can make a half decent movie out you're of not that, even trying adam so i guess that's the question what happened to adam sandler and to that point did we do this to ourselves are you saying we created the monster that is adam sandler by blindly throwing our money at him no i'm saying that he was always a monster but we enjoyed the dick and fart jokes more because we were 12 and we just don't have the same appreciation now that we're 27 so do you think we just grew up yes that poses a really good question was adam sandler ever actually funny now what we need for this is someone who has never seen an adam sandler movie doesn't exist I have the next best thing, a list of his movies with adjusted earnings for inflation. I was expecting that this movie would basically go in chronological order with the older movies being on top. Happy Gilmore. Right? Yeah. Moving down the list. Number one, we have The Water Boy with an adjusted gross of almost $300 million. This makes sense. Makes my heart warm. Big Daddy says a number two right up there as well. But then it seems like it goes off the track because mm-hmm. coming in right after that is The Longest Yard, then Anger Management, Mr. D's, Grown Ups 2, 51st Dates. Hotel Transylvania 2 is in there, which yeah. is apparently a very good kids movie. I haven't seen it. But like if you look at these top 10, there are only two in there that I would consider 
classics. I mean, and the Waterboy makes sense at number one because that's when he would have been propelled into stardom. You know, it yeah. took it took Billy Madison, it took Happy Gilmore to kind of get him there before people realized this isn't just some dude who used to be on SNL. This is a funny guy. High quality each tool. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs> uh, I didn't drink water until I was in my 20s because of that. But looking at this list makes me think that maybe we had it wrong. Maybe his old movies weren't his best movies because they clearly, financially, weren't his most appreciated works. Yeah, but again, I think that's really just, it took time for him to get noticed. I don't know. I think Adam Sandler in the 90s was a pretty big deal. Yeah, but as a movie star, see, movies were different in the 90s. You had movie theaters that had two or three cinemas, not a lot of the megaplexes we have today with 10 plus theaters. So people had to pick and choose their movies. That's a fair point. I guess that's going to be stuff we're going to delve into as time goes on. Smaller movie theaters, just the dynamic of how TV was viewed versus movies, because TV was seen as such a lesser medium back in the 90s compared to now, where if anything, with shows like Breaking Bad and Fargo and Game of of Thrones and yeah, House of Cards, TV is being seen as almost a superior medium to movies which you've got sequels and remakes and just various trash like jack and jill and grown-ups too so it was just a different time i guess and so adam sandler either used to suck or sucks now or or has sucked sucked. the whole time and i guess that's the question we pose to you viewers how do you where do you weigh in on this (laughs) where Where and when did adam sandler suck (laughs) where in the timeline did he suck and where did he touch you i think that's enough of that um let's move on to our sponsor so every week we like to use our imagination stretch our imaginations and pretend this is a podcast where people actually pay us money they don't they really don't so this week we're gonna throw a little shout out a little sponsor to overly violent children's games oh very exciting let me let me tell you about the most violent game i played as a kid we had a variant on wall ball which i'm sure many of you have fond or not fond memories of very creative names our variant involved a super ball so the kid throwing the ball would stand on the blacktop and bounce it against the wall at my elementary school at the back of the school we were on a little bit of a hill and all the other kids would stand on the hill and as the ball flew over our heads everyone would chase it from that grassy hill down to the field and we would tackle each other to get to the ball and then once someone got the ball that wasn't enough you couldn't just get the ball and pick it up and game over you had to run back up to the blacktop where kids would be trying to tackle you all the way up. I don't know if anyone got a concussion. I don't know how many lives were ruined. Broken bones, scarring for life. It was serious. It was a violent game. Yeah, at my school, we just had, we we had wall ball, which basically the motivation for playing this game was to not get pelted by a tennis ball. Or to pelt someone with a tennis ball. Yeah, I guess exact some revenge. And I think the 1990s were really the last decade where this kind of violence was accepted, where you could just be out on the schoolyard. As long as everyone's consenting, you can be, you can just be hurting each other to no end as long as everyone's in on it. When I was a kid, my parents had an above ground pool in our backyard. We used to play Marco Polo, where the person who had their eyes closed would get just savagely beaten with pool noodles, balls, inflatables, anything that you could like sink and then throw across the bottom of the pool and try and hit someone right in the dingleberry dingleberries so yeah this was really the last decade where that was accepted i think widely accepted nowadays it was like we were friends but we hated each other 
<laughs> but that was part of the fun. Yeah, I don't think we have anything else to add to that. <laughs> Thank you to Overly Violent Children's Games for scarring us for life. But, like, physically actually scarring us. Physically and mentally. Yeah. Oh, before we wrap things up, a quick shout-out to listener and friend of the show, Beth G. from Detroit, who shot us an email, and one of her questions in that email was, what is your email? So... For those of you out there who want to check out our website and all of our stuff, 90s is 90s. So if you're emailing us, it's stuck in the 90s using the number 90. Obviously, you can find us stuck in the 90s on Facebook. You're listening to this podcast, so you got that far. Well done. Yeah, look at the podcast name and add at gmail.podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, shout out to uh, Beth for pointing that out. Thank you. And thanks for discovering the email. I mean, yes. I guess you had to... We got a record setting two emails last week. All right. And while Connor said that, I snuck over and got out the game of life wheel because, again, we forgot. Yeah, we're not good at this. Yeah, but at least it was on the top of the pile of games. So, hey, whatever. Yeah, let's give this a spin. Next week, we are doing February... 19th to 25th 1990 awesome okay so we are revisiting our first year we're going to be heading back to 1990 and we'll see what's up then for now are we, are we still saying the podcast is now over the, the podcast, podcast is has now ended over. now god all right see you guys <laughs>